Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Let me speak to Professor John Tong. John, good morning. Good morning, Frank. John, they do go up today. They meet with the Secretary of State today, don't they? Just talk us through what you expect today and how this might manifest itself as the week goes by. Well, behind the scenes, there's been some sort of draft deal cooking for, for a number of months now. And what the parties will come under pressure to do is, is basically agree to the, the, the pre-cooked deal. Um, there are still big problems. One is uh, what happens if the largest party walks out uh, of the assembly or the largest party from either uh, community walks out. So should we move from a system of mandatory coalition to to a voluntary one and and the show carry on? So the first issue is how to protect the assembly from from one party collapsing it uh, ever again. And the other one is the one we've had the problem. The other big problem is the one we've had for such a long time now about what to do about an Irish Language Act, which is still a hard sell internally for the DUP, even though there are several within the DUP leadership who would fairly readily now accept an Irish Language Act um, because it's an essential part of the deal. Sinn Féin are not going to go uh, back into the Assembly without an Irish Language Act because Sinn Féin have, you know, they've been abundantly clear about that and it would be a big loss of face for Sinn Féin. But the mood music has changed because of the election. You know, the DUP are now out of the Westminster game. Their days in the Westminster sun are, are, are over. Uh, none of the 18 MPs, frankly, at Westminster, whether they be participatory, 11, those 11 MPs who will take their seats, or the seven Sinn Féin MPs who won't take their seats, none of them are really in the game. I mean, let's face it, the withdrawal agreement, the Brexit agreement goes through. Boris Johnson's got an 80-seat majority. You know, Northern Ireland's MPs, they're, they're at the, you know, outside uh, the looking glass, you know, the sorts of looking in on proceedings almost. So, you know, there's only one power base possible, unless you count local councils in Northern Ireland, which are fairly weak bodies anyway, and that's Stormont. So I think this time we might well get a deal because what is the alternative? The grim vista of powerlessness for another generation. I don't think there's any politician in Northern Ireland who really wants that. Okay, you mentioned that to save face, Sinn Féin need to get the Irish Language Act. What do the DUP get if Sinn Féin get the Irish Language Act? Yeah, it's a good question. And and they're in, and Sinn Féin are realistic enough to know that they've, they've got to give the DUP something to, to get an Irish Language Act, even though the Irish Language Act was was promised more than a decade ago by the, the British government. So, there were, you know, the old idea that was tried last time of, of a sort of three-in-one deal in which there's provisions for an Irish Language Act, but there's also formal recognition of Ulster Scots, and then there's some sort of vaguer cultural protections type bill. Um, that's most likely. Sinn Féin have always said they want a standalone Irish Language Act. Well, you can have a sort of standalone, but it might just be interlinked with uh, provisions for the, you know, the Protestant Unionist loyalist community. But 
the, the vaguer cultural protection aspect is, is difficult because you risk stirring up the old hornet's nests that have gone quiet. Those are flags or parades that have been quiet in, in recent years. So, plus the, the fact the Assembly doesn't really have jurisdiction over over parades anyway. That's, that, that lies with the Parades Commission. Maybe some sort of fudge about a review of the Parades Commission or some such um, might be involved. So, that's what it's difficult. I mean, ultimately, you know, it will be an Irish language act, but with you know, with whistles and bells attached to it, with, with something for the, the unionist community, because there has to be that. I mean, the DUP will want something. They need to, uh, you know, they need to deliver to their own community um, in this horse trading. But the DUP, now that they have lost that influence at Westminster, would be, would be keener uh, to get back into Stormont. That said, of course, the DUP have always blamed Sinn Féin for, for collapsing the Assembly anyway. All this two days out from a mass strike from nurses and the health of the community and the health of the country is very much on the tip of everyone's tongue because everything to do with the NHS, whether it be here or across the water, is a major talking point. It's not going to disappear that. It's going to be to the fore during all of these discussions. And it makes other things that people are wrangling about look peripheral when health is so vital to everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's not an either or, you know, the, the idea in terms of Irish Language Act versus NHS uh, provision. But clearly this can't go on. The crisis in, in the health service is at a level that Northern Ireland has not previously seen. And there is a feeling amongst the electorate that this is nonsense. I mean, if you look at whose votes fell by the biggest percentage points uh, last Thursday, you know, the DUP was down and Sinn Féin were down. Uh, Sinn Féin's um, poor, relatively poor electoral performance was rather disguised by the, the headline capture, the headline scalp of Nigel Dodds' North Belfast seat. But, you know, non, if you look overall, it, it wasn't a great performance. So there are electoral incentives now to the big two to get back to work at Stormont because there is a sense amongst the, the electorate, look, we need people to deal with this. You know, there's the literally lives at stake here uh, and we need ministers in an executive directing health policy. Not that, you know, that's going to you know, rectify all the problems within, uh, within the NHS at all. We shouldn't pretend it is. But I think, you know, frankly, just to leave it to civil servants and others to try and deal with, with issues that do need a ministerial sphere. You know, the, the position is no longer tolerant. You know, that doesn't explain necessarily all the drift from the DUP and Sinn Féin in terms of votes. It doesn't necessarily explain the surge in Alliance's vote, which is tapping into that section of the electorate, which is you know, not identifying as unionist or nationalist. But there is a frustration now. I mean, it's almost three years since the Assembly collapsed. Uh, there's a need for ministerial decisions. And, you know, it's Stormont or nothing now. There's no chance, you know, there's no extra money coming in in terms of a confidence supply deal. There's no relatively cosy relationship, which there was for a couple of years between the Conservatives and the DUP. There's nothing else. It's Stormont or bust in terms of uh, local power for Northern Ireland's politicians to help the lives of ordinary Northern Irish citizens. If they can't deliver during these talks, if they can't get it going again, what's the next step? Well, there'll be elections. Julian Smith will not hang around in the way that James Brokenshire and Karen Bradley, his immediate predecessors, did. He's made that pretty clear that he would regard calling elections as a failure. But, I mean, there's a case for it to having elections anyway, because the mandate now is three years old for those politicians that are at Stormont. But uh, if, if 
uh, he can't get a deal, he will call elections anyway. To what purpose there be elections if there's no deal, I think is open to question. But obviously, I, I suppose Julian Smith would take the view of Secretary of State that might frighten the DUP and Sinn Féin into, into, into doing a deal for fear they'll lose seats. I'm not convinced that that would necessarily be the case because once you, once you call elections, the whole thing becomes sectarianized again because it's this question of who, you know, who's going to provide the first minister. And so people will line up behind the DUP and Sinn Féin as their sort of ethnic tribune parties and vote for them on, on that basis. So I actually think the DUP and Sinn Féin would probably do pretty well at an assembly election. That's not to say alliance wouldn't do well as well in the centre because they're clearly tapping into that non-unionist, non-nationalist vote. So I'm not sure that elections would necessarily uh, clear the logjam, but that's what would happen. Um, and then, you know, they'd try and get a deal with the new uh, arithmetic at Stormont. If that doesn't work, then the Secretary of State has only one option, direct rule, which the British government is desperate to avoid. I mean, if they wanted direct rule, they'd have brought it in over the last three years. Direct rule means the death of the Good Friday Agreement. The Good Friday Agreement, the biggest and most important part of it, apart from providing a context for peace, was devolved power sharing between two rival traditions um, in, in Northern Ireland. If, if you haven't got that, then... Well, what's the, in some ways, what's the point of the Good Friday Agreement? Uh, and finally, John, a lot of cynics on this programme a few years ago saying that when they get Brexit sorted, they'll be back at Stormont. And, you know, I can hear that ringing in my ear now. Brexit, in inverted commas, is sorted. We know where we're going with it to some extent. And now they'll be back at Stormont. Or, or, were those cynics right? Well, I think, I think it incentivizes or it ought to incentivize a return to Stormont because whatever you, you think of Brexit, it ultimately, long term, more powers, some more powers will, re- will return to the UK government and some of them will be transferred back out to the devolved institutions. The, the problem with having no Northern Ireland Assembly over the last, for, for much of the last two decades, has been that its, its powers, with the big exception of devolution and, and policing and, uh, devolution and policing and justice, it's not increased its powers. Wales has been increasing its powers, from, admittedly from a low base, uh, for a number of years now. Scotland has, has increased its powers. You've still got the Northern Ireland Assembly almost frozen in time from that late 1990s uh, amount of power, like I say, with the exception of, of policing and justice, which I don't underestimate. So, actually, Brexit represents an opportunity um, to get more powers to storm and have some local control over the nature of Brexit, because there is much to discuss about uh, East-West trade, the, the border down the Irish Sea, how things are managed, and although Stormont won't have full control over all of those aspects, it could have you know, a significant say at least. It's going to have more say than those 18 Northern Irish MPs at Westminster, potentially. So, you know, I think that Brexit, now that it is going to go ahead, really ought to incentivise ever more the return of the Northern Ireland Assembly. Okay, Uh, John, on that positive note, uh, thank you very much indeed, Professor John Tong. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Maliki O'Doherty's listening to all that. Good morning, Maliki. Morning, Frank. Maliki, I know you uh, went to. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know, I know you went to to India to get away from it all for a little while. Are Are you glad you're back? Well, I think I'm back at an exciting time. I do think that uh, uh, common sense dictates that the Sinn Féin and the DUP uh, get back to work. I think that uh, the, I mean, John is right about that. The the uh, the the reality they face for the DUP is that all they've got is a couple of councils uh, with minimal influence in Westminster, so they need Stormont. Uh, Sinn Féin has got more than that in that they've got, theoretically, the potential of being in a coalition in the Irish Republic, and they've got more councils down there, and they will continue to have seats in the European Parliament after Brexit because they, they represent southern constituencies. But Sinn Féin's vote is, is plummeting. You know, we've seen a very big fall in their vote through the council elections in the Irish Republic last year, in the European election here, and, and now in, uh, in the general election. So they have, they have considerable difficulties to face, and I would say still, that... Still, still managed, still re- in fairness to them, still managed to get seven MPs. Oh, they, they, are, they still managed to get seven MPs, but still, if you look at the vote share, if you look at the, you know, the, the numbers falling, something around like 35,000, 40,000 votes, you know, that have evaporated from the support, uh, column Eastwood and, and Derry, you know, uh, you know they, and, and I mean, Claire Hannah, obviously, uh, Martin and Muller stepped aside for her, but, uh, you know, he needn't have bothered because she would have, uh, she would have flown it anyway. Um, so, no, it's not a good time for Sinn Féin. And you compare that with the position they were in in March 2017 after they uh, withdrew from Stormont there was a, an assembly election and they were practically almost level pegging with unionism nationalism was almost level pegging with unionism at that time had they gone into the assembly at that stage you, you would have been beyond any possibility of treating a Republican uh, deputy first minister as a deputy you know the, the equality that matters in politics is the equality of numbers and I think also they would have been able to insist on uh, on, on the justice ministry being handled by the haunt, you know, as, uh, so that you wouldn't have, be always looking for an independent unionist to do that job. They they squandered that amazing opportunity at that time to you know to provide the great symbolic representation of the uh, of the equality of unionism and nationalism in Northern Ireland because they they dug in and and I think they they you know if they're talking among themselves about it. They're not going to say it to us, but among themselves, they must be regretting it. I mean, it was such a fundamentally stupid thing to do. Now, you could say that because of Brexit, they were better playing outside the field and, and you know, continuing with abstention in uh, in Westminster and with uh, no stormant. Then they put up this argument, oh, we've got this amazing influence with the Irish government. We've got this amazing influence in Brussels. But, you know, that's not credible. You know, the Irish government didn't adopt, uh, you know, change its strategy for dealing with Brexit and Europe didn't change its strategy because of Martina Anderson, you know. I mean, it's just ludicrous. So, uh, so if they have to you know, have any influence over the the shape of uh, Brexit in the 
coming year and what we're going into now Brexit isn't sorted the fact of Brexit is sorted but what is to come yet is a big trade arrangement and that is where you can get you can mitigate this feeling of Northern Ireland being the doorstep of the European Union and get some kind of uh, uh, arrangements around uh, British Irish uh, trade arrangements and Northern Irish European trade arrangements, whatever you can get that sorted. But what you need is a coherent voice from Stormont, and and you know uh, the moral authority of a combined uh, Sinn Fein DUP alliance voice, you know, uh, would have much much more uh, impact either than uh, than Westminster just on its own, which clearly doesn't give a fig about Northern Ireland, uh, or or Martina Anderson, you know, shouting through the keyhole. So um, so that so that so for various reasons, as Jonathan has made clear, it is absolutely imperative uh, for the DUP and Sinn Féin that Stormont get back together. And the big fear that they the, that they both face is that uh, the alliance surge will continue, as it undoubtedly will if these talks get bogged down and don't go anywhere. And and an election is called. The alliance alliance will increase its vote as it does every time now because people are so sick of it. And I mean. Yes, John is right. Sinn Féin will face loss of face if they go in without the, uh, an Irish Language Act. They've already faced loss of face. The loss of face is colossal, you know, already. You know, and with, uh, you know, the, and the, with the health workers' strike and the action continuing, you know, it's time for these parties to say, look, we have our principles, we have the points we wanted to stand over, but we're in a state of emergency now. We're faced with the collapse of public services and we are faced with the need to engage with uh, Europe and uh, Great Britain on on our status inside the uh, as the doorstep of the European Union in in the coming years. So sorry, we have to let you all down. The difficulty there is that um, well, one big difficulty for the DUP is the DUP concedes something on on an Irish language act. Who's to know what Sammy Wilson will do? Who's to know what moral authority or, or credibility Arlene Foster? has as leader of that party now with the ability to deliver anything. Maybe she doesn't have that. And you're going to have the RHI inquiry report, which uh, we have a fair idea what will be in it, having read Sam McBride's book. You know, uh, so, uh, so that could be very, very difficult. But the big difficulty is the prospect of an election. Uh, and for both the DUP and Sinn Féin to come back after a, an election this year below the level that they attained when they could have settled terms in 2017 will make both of them look ridiculous political amateurs. Anything good to say about um, any of the rest of the Maliki? Because that's pretty scathing of the two main parties that, that we have. And they deserve they, it, they, you know. They yeah, deserve, but pe- people won't be... So badly. Okay, but I, I don't want to interrupt you, and I, I, do want, I do want to let you speak. Yeah. Pe- people will say that, you know, you have an agenda against Sinn Féin, that you, you regularly put, put, the, put the boot into them. That's, that's the feedback we get when, whenever you're on. No, no, that, that's, that's what the trolls say. That's what the trolls say. You know, I, I do not have an agenda. I don't represent anybody but myself. You know, I, I am an independent journalist. I don't have any agenda. I disagree with Sinn Féin. That's a man's entitled to an opinion. What is, what is freedom and democracy about but people having the right to their opinion? You know, I don't have an agenda against Sinn Féin. I, you know, and, and I mean, I was just as scathing about uh, Arlene Foster and the DUP there as I was about Sinn Féin. No, the trolls on Twitter 
will always come out with this because they will not engage in discussion. So they will say, there's Maliki O'Doherty, he's got an agenda against Sinn Féin. That's, that's a resort of a political amateur who will not engage in discussion. You know, you look at anybody who has stood against Sinn Féin or has criticised them in public life, they're always sneered at on a personal level. They're never engaged with. They're always talked of as if they've got some kind of personality problem because somehow or other they don't agree with the obvious wisdom and truth of, of the Sinn Féin vision. You know, no political party's got an obvious vision and truth. You know, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, Frank, I'm surprised that you would even take it seriously when you know the source of that remark, you know, and you know how common it is as this, and, and look at, I mean, I don't get as bad, get it as bad on Twitter as people like Maria Cahill and Ann Travers, you know, but you look at the, the way in which Sinn Féin supporters routinely engage with criticism, it is always to sneer. There's always the attack on a personal level. It's never to enter into a discussion. I've said to some of them, look, let's have a debate in Conway Mill. Let's have it on your ground. Let's go with the fall. Let's have a debate in the felons club, if you like. You know, and and I will I will meet you there, and and we'll have an audience, and we'll we'll debate these these issues about the the merit of Sinn Féin's contribution uh, to to politics in Northern Ireland, or or the integrity of their vision, or their continuing endorsement of the IRA campaign. You know, let's talk about it. You know, they never come and talk. They never come and talk. Where are they in your program? That anyone is anyone phoning up and saying, oh, it's time somebody spoke plainly to Malachi O'Doherty and put him put him right about the the the, the great uh, Republican mission? You know, they're not there. But they'll be on Twitter saying, there goes Malachi with his chip on his shoulder. There goes Malachi taking his British pound. That's what you'll hear. There's loads of that. Just disregard it, Frank. Malachi, I'd buy tickets to watch that in the Felons Club, to be honest with you, if they, <laughs> if they took up the challenge. I, I definitely would. Well, think, I'm on for it. I think you know? many many others would. Many others would as well. No, I'm just giving you the feedback that we get. You're aware of it, and you're invited on this programme right. to express your opinion, and you express it eloquently. Do you have any hope for these talks? Do, do you believe that Julian Smith will be able to oversee the return of the executive? <laughs> Practical common sense says it has to be done now. So if we have practical common sense politicians uh, in the main parties, then they will do it now. It's it's really... it's really beyond self-destruction to uh, to prolong this any any longer. Uh, so, so yeah. I, if I was a betting man, I would go out and uh, put on a few pounds on on them sorting this. If they don't sort it out uh, before an election to the assembly, then they'll be humiliated in an assembly election, and by then the the health workers' strike will have will have gone further down the line uh, and and created further pressure on them. So. Do you really so think? Say, yes, do you really think the DUP and Sinn Féin would be humiliated at an assembly election? Do you really think that, knowing Northern Ireland? Well, given that they've just been humiliated in a general election. Yeah, but if the battle is on for who first minister is, if the battle is on for who the first minister is, do Northern well, Ar- question, do Northern Irish people not vote the colour of a flag? I, a lot of the, the alliance vote is going up. People are fed up with this. There's also the question of, of how the DUP would feel about sitting in the Assembly if uh, the First Minister was um, was a Sinn Féiner. You know, that's, that, that's another thing I've heard some of them saying, that they couldn't uh, throw that. We'll see. Certainly, you know, I think, um, I, I think that was a big 
mistake in the St Andrews Agreement was making the First Minister the leader of the largest party. And that has put a, a, a toxin into the whole political thing. It has, it has put a needle into the whole uh, uh, contest between Sinn Féin and the DUP that, that didn't need to be there. And it would be, you know, if they're going to go for, if they're not going to get it this time, they're going to have, a, there'll be an election. And if they don't sort it out after that, then I think we're either into direct rule or we're into long period of restructuring of the whole Good Friday Agreement and and that would be one of the things that they would have to deal with. Because as John said, there has to be uh, some reassurance that uh, one party can't simply go and strike and pull the whole thing down. Malachy, always appreciate your input. Thank you very, very much. Thank indeed. you, Ryan. Thank you, thank you. Malachy O'Doherty on U105. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.